0: Hi, I'm Albert Passawa. Hello, my name is Kevin Jeffries. And this is the 635 Podcast. The 635 Podcast is about local politics, economics, and social and cultural issues in the Alvin Community College area. The views expressed on the show are those of the participants and do not reflect the views of Alvin Community College. All right, welcome to the 635 Podcast. I'm Albert Pasatland, and across from me is- Kevin, Kevin Jeffries. Jeffries. There he is. And we're here today, I'm going to be talking with uh, Kevin who, about local political issues in the Alvin Community College area. Um, Kevin, why don't you, since this is our first podcast, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Thank you, Albert. My position officially as Instructor of Government. I've been here since 1998. One year as an adjunct and been teaching since 1998 as full-time instructor. I, was, uh, I had your job for a little while oh, fine. as a department chair. What is especially fun about doing this is that you get to really tie in what sorts of things are happening locally uh, with the curriculum. And we're thinking that one of the things we could do with this, since we're in the Albany Community College district and we uh, encompass a variety of different other districts, cities, independent school districts, is to just introduce what sorts of issues seem to be current, what sorts of things are going to be happening over the course of the next few months, and uh, discuss them in a way that hopefully we'll get some feedback from anybody who happens to be listening to us. And what I wanted to focus on, and I'll just say a couple of things and give it back to Albert, we have elections that are going to be coming up uh march 1st we are going to have primaries for the democrats and republicans and also later on you're going to have opportunities for minor parties usually the green and the libertarian parties to offer some um candidates as well too and we also are going to have local elections they're going to come up on may 7th 2022 there's also an opportunity for anybody who's interested in actually running for office and this would include the alvin independent school district uh, the Alvin Community College District, and certainly many other places as well, too, uh, to throw your hat in the ring. One thing we could discuss at some point is uh, the process for, in fact, actually doing that sort of thing. And I would also like to, over the course of the next few minutes that we have, however long we're going to be here, discuss some things that happen to be topical in some of our the cities within our uh, district, our service area. This would include Alvin, Danbury, Iowa Colony, Liverpool, Manville, and Perlin. An interesting collection of cities, some relatively tiny, some absolutely booming. And the sorts of things that you see reflected in the minutes of some of the different meetings, uh, city council meetings, reflect uh, those sorts of um, different issues that are pertinent for a particular group of individuals. Albert, what do you think?
0: Okay. So um, thanks for for asking me. I'm uh, relatively new to this area, Uh, so let me give some background about myself. Uh, I'm um, an economics instructor here at Alvin, Um, also the chair of the government and economics uh, department. So uh, me and Kevin are in the same department. Uh, But the salient issue here is I'm relatively new. I came from California about five years ago and... Definitely, and coming to a relatively uh, smaller area, um, and all the stuff. And I'm I'm glad uh, we're having this conversation because I I have a lot to learn about local issues and the the political system around here is definitely different um, from California. And I'm actually not really used to paying attention to local issues. And, and right now, uh, my knowledge base is. To be honest, I mostly read federal type issues or national news or you know, hot topics like that. And if you asked me to name the names of certain local politicians, um, I would not be able to do it. Um, and you know, this is bad um, in that I know that they cover important issues. And so I think it's a good thing we came together because um, I'm eager to learn as well. So let's start off um, off the top of your head what are some give me an issue that that is interesting to someone who lives in this Alvin area
1: one of the things i'm looking at right now um and one of the things that i want to i bring to my students anyway and by the way i want to mention one quick thing that uh, albert mentioned that you know we primarily focus on federal stuff because it's it's more topical it's what the news covers and yeah. all that but in many ways it's what impacts you in a direct way the least. Mm. Because think about the sorts of things that happen on a day-to-day basis driving around or whatever. You know, you have some streets with potholes or whatnot. Um, Police activity, whatnot, fire, all of that.
0: During um, last year's freeze and basically any any other type of disaster thing, the first thing, you know, national news is is worthless. And the first thing I end up having to do, and I want to talk to you about this later, is where do we get local news? Because you know, in in some ways, it's a matter of convenience. Me just going to the usual national sources, uh, CNN, Fox News, or any of the you know Washington Post. But for local news, I end up going to Facebook groups. Ta- you know, I live out in Dickinson, and it'll be you know talk around Dickinson and things like that. For you know, hey, what's going on? And um, you know, look for what the mayor is saying and things like that. And so, definitely. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't really see that much about local issues.
1: Well, this is where the World Wide Web becomes a very useful tool because you don't have to just look at news sources. One of the things you can do is actually go to the websites of Brazoria County, actually go to the websites of Alvin and Danbury and all the rest and uh, the Alvin Independent School District, ACC as well. So one of the great ways to try to find out what sorts of issues are pertinent. Uh, is to open up what's, what's available. These are, these are all public institutions. And mm-hmm. so since it's, it's public, publicly funded, uh, elected by individuals in a particular sort of district, we're kind of obligated to have everything open. And you're asking about, you know, one of the, one of the places that, that you could go, since we are in Brazoria County, and a thing for us to discuss at some point that I think would be very important is the county. You know, a lot of times people don't pay much attention or even when we're teaching classes, we don't talk about the county and other sorts of local governments as well, too. Um, but they're they're vital in terms of the sorts of uh, things that they provide. For example, if you look at the Brazoria County website, one of the things that we'll mention here- if you look at the sorts of things that they're focused on right now, American Rescue Plan local fiscal recovery. We, we hear a lot of national stuff about some of the, uh, the bills that have been passed having to do with trying to make sure that the United States continues. The economy tends to hum because we have some kind of uh, influx of funds in order to um, uh, prop up individuals for different sorts of reasons. Well, a lot of these things are, in fact, actually enforced at the county level. So if you go to the Brazoria County website, you'll see this is one of the things that they're flagging currently. And it talks about different sorts of areas where individuals can get assistance. Mm. Uh, In terms of um, uh, rental uh, assistance and whatnot, that's one of the things that you'll find there. Let me see something else. So federal funds come in and they're given to the county and the county can then disperse it? It goes generally from the federal government through the state. Mm -hmm. and Sometimes the state takes a little bit of a cut. Sometimes not just a little bit of a cut. In fact, this is, this is one of the things that was uh, quite topical a few months ago in terms of the school districts, independent school districts, money not necessarily going directly to the schools. But that's another issue. That's something we could discuss at some point if we want to bring in some people from Alvin Independent School District, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it'll go through. And generally the state is going to put certain sorts of parameters in terms of how they're spent uh, that can vary Uh, from what the national government might want. And, of course, you know, the state of Texas and the national government right now, because, you know, we have Democrats in control on the national level, Republicans in the state level. There's going to be conflict associated with that sort of thing. But once it eventually ends up with the county, then they're in a position to, in fact, actually uh, deal with it. For example, I'm looking at this one little thing here. I'm on the Brazoria County site. Emergency rental assistance program. All right, so you've lost your job. It's still COVID-related, let's say, or your industry is suffering or whatnot. And so you, you're a renter, uh, and this is still um, – this is a program that's, that can continue to assist you. And there's all sorts of forms, for example, that you can you can find there. And, again, this is the sort of – the, the, the county-level stuff. And this is for um, COVID relief? Is this part of the CARES Act? This is the – there was a whole bunch of stuff. Remember, you had the CARES Act. You also had the uh, Relief Act, and of course, that's that's not to be uh, confused. I'm, I'm, American Rescue Plan, local fiscal recovery. That's the particular thing here. Remember, there's been infrastructure th- stuff as well too. Mm. And by the way, a lot of infrastructure. If we want to talk more about counties and what sorts of things are topical there as well too, that's a lot of the stuff that's built by the county. Mm bridges roads and bridges and things of that nature okay. um anyway that's uh, from my perspective you know and again albert and i are kind of working through this and trying to figure out the best thing that would be useful fun but some of the stuff that i think is not not just you know, useful but I, I i i think how you approach it you know you can actually make it interesting a lot of people like to think that this stuff is not necessarily interesting but we do like to talk about roads yeah. and, how awful they can be sometimes. All right, so. let
0: me let me get into the mind of a normal person, which I hope I kind of am. Um, <laughs> man, it's a pain in the butt to navigate to a county website or a, even a, a, you know, a you know a city website. I mean, and, and you know it's been floated around for a while. People say, oh, websites are dead. Platforms are everything. Um, and I think you know, ideally, in the ideal world, we would have you know tabs open or whatever and say let's see what the county's saying today are there any either news or things you follow through social media how do you what is your normal what's your normal channel of getting local information is it by navigating to the websites or do you do you follow people on social media or I mean that's what I would do but any other any other avenue what would you do
1: You know, it changes from time to time, and sometimes, um, and again, it can be a little bit frustrating. It's it's what's weird. I mean, it's 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 a wealth of information. You know, there's too too much, too much information. But by the same token, I mean it's the kind of information you should have access to because we're talking about different governing entities. You know, every city has its own website. Every county has its own website, every independent school district, every school associated with every independent school district. And so you look at it and it's like I look it feels like I'm looking at legal
0: documents or something like that. And you it's are. certainly very important. You are looking at legal um, documents, not not designed to capture and hold people's attention. And, you know, I mean, that's uh, and I say this is somebody who, you know, definitely has probably an above average interest in you know, at least economic and political issues, it's um, it's tough to beat. And part of it, I guess, com- does come down to to marketing. But um, I think that – but I have followed some people on social media, and that's – in a way, it's the algorithm feeds me. So on, on Twitter, uh, 635TX, if you'd like to follow. Um, you know, I follow a bunch of local entities, and then just – I open up my feed, and then – I get this diet of, you know, then it's their social media handlers that are, that are going to decide what, what should we be pushing out. And usually the people who handle the social media, they do, I could tell they do know what they're doing in terms of how to convey information, how to be really concise and to be interesting and to out-compete cat memes and things like that. Sure. I mean, that's, that's an important skill set. Sure. And um, so that's my preferred way of doing it. Uh, it's kind of a lazy way. Um, but you know what? A lot, a lot of what drives the world is, is what makes things convenient, and that determines what people do. So, big thing on social media. But um, what? How else do you access? Do you, do you? Are you on social media, or do you follow? I you am on,
1: social, on media? social media. I, I'm not active in terms of school material. I try to keep that separate. In fact, at one point, you know, I'm on Facebook, and it used to be kind of open, but I've kind of closed it off. Um, You know, when you first get on there, you're like, oh, I want lots of friends. Uh, Mm. And after a while, you get a little bit more selective. Not you. (laughs) (laughs) Not you, not you. Um, Which is interesting, too, because, well, I think we're still in the, the early stages of figuring out how to use social media, how to use Facebook and Twitter and all of that. I think that a lot of people just are too bog down into it you know you can select what sorts of things you're exposed to and i think and you don't have to you don't have to react to everything that comes around you know you don't have to get upset by everything that comes around other people can certainly have their own opinions and if you don't like it well you know there you go um so we have lots of choices. And I guess that's, that's where I am right now. I mean, I'll still do social media just to kind of see what sorts of things are fun. And I like cat videos as much as anybody else. Uh, I love the little reels, you know. I'll yeah. just watch some of those things and, I'll, oh, yeah. you know, 30 minutes or so before I start going to sleep. And, you yeah. Know, yeah. And
0: then once you start clicking on the cat memes that – so in some ways you have a choice. But, you know, the algorithm does push and it follows what you do and yeah. then – and the algorithm has its own agenda, and this is me from being on Twitter and primarily trying to follow local people. Um, but my algorithm will feed so much national, uh, yeah,
1: and yeah, it tends to dominate my feed. You know, and it makes you passive, a passive receptor of of the algorithm, whatever it chooses for you. That's why I like to, you know, again. You kind of pointed, well, it's like websites are getting kind of old school, which I think is kind of cool because you are in a situation then where you can access whatever information you want. For example, I mean, before I got in today, and maybe we'll hit some of these things now or some other time, uh, looking at the minutes of some of the recent, uh, you know, city council meetings, you know, and again, that sounds kind of boring, except right here I'm looking at the one that City of Iowa Colony had uh, December 20th. And if you're familiar with this area, you know, you go down 288. That has exploded. Yeah. You know, and it's been exploding for the last 20, 25 years. When I first I, – I, I live in Houston. I live in the Heights. And let's talk about another area that's exploding in different ways. Uh, once you went south on 288 and you hit the Beltway, it was farm with the exception of a few, you know, industrial areas. And now, of course, it's really built up. and it's it's And, and people for – I mean, for 20 years here at Alvin Community College, we've been talking about potential development – uh, 288 and 6, uh, you know, we're, uh, you know, um, uh, not far from us right here. And it's a little bit too far from Houston for it to have exploded already, but it seems like it's starting right now. And, of course, one of the things, one of the places it's benefiting is this Iowa colony. Uh, but now you have a lot of these things called municipal utility districts that are established, which is a funding device for preparing land for development. Mm. You know, where you can get land, uh, money that comes in revenue, so you can build the streets, the infrastructure, the sewers, all the rest of that stuff, too, the electricity. And then you can sell off the land that's platted. uh, And next thing you know, you have yourself a subdivision, which, again, is exploding over there. I wonder
0: um – what home prices are looking like over there? That would be that would be interesting. Maybe another it show. would
1: be, you know. And actually, you know, it might be interesting to bring somebody in who's from the realtor side or the developer side. And the funny thing is, again, looking at it from a governing perspective. So you have some individuals, a developer, that wants to come in and says, "Okay, I want to build. I want to. I want to make some money building, uh, developing property." developing homes but the person who develops the property might not be the same person who's building the homes and all the rest of that but at some point you're going to have a lot more people that are there that are going to bring kids and they're going to have to go to school so one of the things the alvin independent school district has been dealing with over the last few years is is just that you know when manville High school was built about 20 years ago. in Shadow Creek, I guess, what, five or 10 years ago? So Alvin,
0: now, Alvin is uh, going to have this Iowa colony in, in terms of its district? It's in it already. Yeah.
1: It's in, it, in fact, actually, you've, you've been there too, the Freedom Field. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's an Iowa colony? Yes, that is an Iowa colony. And again, part of what, I, I, again, like I said, I'm looking at the, uh, the agenda. Part of what they're looking at right here, they're holding public hearings to consider annexing property. Fifteen acre track over here, two point eight seven one. Iowa Colony here. is. Iowa Colony is, and again, Iowa Colony seems to me to be where Manville was about fifteen years ago, because mm. Manville was a tiny little thing, you know. Um, in fact, it was uh, you know less than five thousand, which meant it was something that was called a chartered, uh, 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 excuse me, uh, general law city. Recently has become a home rule city. In fact, its population went from like 5,000 in 2010 to 13,000 recently. So it's, it's booming. And they have
0: a, what, new high school? How long
1: is that high school? I know that- High Al- school was about 20 years ago, okay. Manville. And it was- No, no, appear- no I, I meant Iowa Colony. Oh, Iowa Colony is. Yes, yes, exactly. So I guess this is the fourth one. We can look it up. I mean, there's, you know- Uh, Again, like I said, you know, where you want to choose to get your news, one of the places you can do, in fact, let me do this while I'm talking. I've got my laptop in front of me. If I look at Alvin Independent School District, it describes this sort of stuff. You know, our
0: viewers could come to you or come to us for you to, I guess maybe that's one role because there is so much information and dragging up that information is tough and boring. I guess part of the role maybe that we can serve also is that, you know we take a look at stuff and then we we bring it to you know the audience say hey you know here's something important that you should look at and maybe that's one role as we introspect on this podcast of what we can do uh for the audience i think i think that might be you know some in a certain angle we can take but at the same time you know pe- viewers should always have the option of going to you know don't take our word for everything we should always back it up and and let people know where they can go um, to see these things.
1: Absolutely. The information you need really is not that hard to find. Like mm-hmm. when people talk about, I don't know, taxes and whatnot, which is, again, a, a sort of thing that I think would be interesting to kind of discuss as well, too. You know, funding mechanisms and whatnot. Where the money comes from, where the money goes, what's the process. By the way, we're, we're kind of doing that here at, uh, uh, at the college as our every state agency. We just, for, for those of you who are listening, we just had our workshops this week. And one of the things we do is we hear from the, the fiscal side, and that would be an interesting person to talk to, mm-hmm. uh, the man, uh, Carl Steger. But he was talking about these things that they're filling out right now that we're all kind of involved. Well, you would be involved in, right? Uh-huh. You had requests for funding, yeah, right? Uh,
0: for budget, yeah. Yeah, the budget. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: exactly. Now, that's part of the Texas process. There's these things called a legislative appropriations request, and this is part of the official in-law state process, the the, the, the governor. Uh, Through his office, they send to all state agencies information about what you can and can't uh, ask for, and you better not ask for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is something that all of these different agencies are doing right now. You know, they're all part of the same kind of mix. Uh, And, again, all of this stuff is available. So one of the things that we could certainly do through Twitter or whatever social media platform seems to work best uh, is where you can get access to this sort of thing. And, again, one of the reasons why I'm interested in kind of, you know, containing it a little bit from the way I like to approach this sort of thing, looking at the six particular cities within the Alvin uh, Community College District is because at some point, you, you know, you you got you to put some parameters in place. You'll just go nuts, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> look at Brazoria County. And also, you know, again, look at, look at how uh, the local area is enforcing state law. Uh, how the local area is, in fact, actually enforcing uh, some federal law, you know, as well, too. I think I went a little bit off, didn't I? Okay. No, we no problem. About? No, we're getting,
0: okay. we're getting a nice overview of what there is. So we got the growth of Iowa Colony. What other let's, – let's go and look at some other topics there are around, uh, around the local area. What, are, what, what would you say are some, some big local topics around here? I
1: think an interesting thing to follow, and this takes us back to the county also, is uh, the management of elections, because, of course, you know, there's been a lot of hubbub about oh, you yeah. know, how, how clean our elections are and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and apparently they're pretty good. Uh, but the elections are run in the state of Texas. And I think this is pretty much the case. In the United States Constitution, it says states, you figure out how to run elections. And states pretty much give it to local governments to do. I think some of the smaller states in terms of population, it might be a state institution that does. I, we could check out how Wyoming does it. Right. You know, the four people that live in Wyoming, they probably show up someplace and cast a vote. Um, but in Texas, it's given to the counties. And part of what the counties do is they create these these, these voter precincts. And I've done this before. It's something I, you know, adv- you know I, I totally encourage people to do to kind of understand the system from the inside. Uh, be an election judge. Be an alternate judge. You know, we can talk a little bit about what these sort of these things are. Uh, and, again, this is under the heading of the county. Now, again, I live in Harris County. So when I was doing this, it was under the... Five million people, 1,000 voter precincts uh, up there. And rules change from time to time. Of course, this is going to be really interesting because we have all sorts of changes that the legislature pushed. And so it would be an interesting thing to, uh, again, approach this from a governing perspective, not so much a party perspective. Like how do the county individuals deal with enforcing uh, these new rules or elections in general? You know, how do you, in fact, actually do it? um were there any new
0: rules um
1: that were imposed recently Um, in terms i I, we we could have a time where we get together and we go through all of these but yes there were there were some limits placed on what county officials can do in terms of making it easier to vote during a period like we had with the pandemic drive-through voting 24-hour voting there were limits placed on that sort of thing again uh the state gives to the county the discretion for enforcing uh, laws, but at some at the end of the day the, the state can tell the counties what they can do and what they can 't do in the case of elections we 're talking about uh, the county clerk mm-hmm. uh, is the person that 's in charge of that, and also uh, we have the tax assessors that 's in charge of voter registration, and there 's all sorts of you know changes in terms of how the registration process can and can 't go forward, uh, how easy it is for a person to assist others in becoming. Uh, registered. And again, there's been a lot of back and forth associated with the wisdom of doing it.
0: I've heard so much uh, about in the national news about, uh, don't know if it's true or not, about uh, how maybe Texas is making it hard for people to vote. Now, I haven't really followed this issue. All I know is that from somebody coming from California to Texas, I was actually shocked how easy, (laughs) how easy it was for me to get in and vote. So what, 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 obstacles are there if any um anything new that's been placed on people's ability to vote um either in texas or in this area or in your area
1: in harris county uh have you seen anything the important thing to keep in mind with discussing voting in texas and throughout the south and other areas as well too is history because we do have a history of um limits. Uh, Texas is one of the states that has traditionally made it difficult to vote in terms of historically uh, residence requirements, for example. Like you had to live someplace for like six months before you could register to vote. Uh. And of course, that meant if you were transient, you're following jobs, uh, you couldn't. If you go back further, uh, Texas uh, tried to get around the 15th Amendment. Uh, which says that race cannot be considered as a criteria, uh, d- a reason to deny people the right mm. to vote. Other, ex- you know, other things could still be used and still are used as well, too. Uh, but because of that history, you know, there's this idea that Texas, the people in charge of Texas, I should put it this way, not so much the state, but the folks in charge. You, and it kind of makes sense in a way when I discuss this sort of thing. It's kind of like, let's say you're part of a club and you get a bunch of new people that come in. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to screw with you. Right. You got things the way you want it. Right. Yeah. So new people come in. They're just going to change things around. Yeah. You know? or
0: you, somebody comes on our podcast one time and wants to change the background music and things like
1: that. Then they leave. Absolutely. <laughs> and, they leave and it's like, what happened here? And why do we got to listen to this crappy music that person put up there? So but Texas has that history. Uh, and this would be a perfect thing for us to discuss a little bit more thoroughly later on. And, and also in context of the changes, because there's some debate, you know, Um is texas, are, are certain counties making it too easy for people to vote and does that mean you might have opportunities for ineligible people to in fact actually vote
0: let me ask you a, a question here again as uh to be honest i'm I, again i don't um focus that much on politics so um does texas have open primaries is that what what it's called the system here because i don't recall signing explicitly it, signing up for Democrat,
1: Republican, or whatever. It's, it's a modified open primary. Uh, what that means is that you don't register as a Democrat or a Republican. You just register to vote. And you have a decision to make. If you want to vote with the Democrats, you show up to vote in the Democratic primary. If you want to vote with the Republicans, you show up to vote in the Republican primary. But once you make that decision, then you are you're, there's a, there's a thing called a temporary party organization. So effectively, what you've done is joined the temporary party organization. Once you've voted, if you choose to vote, and by the way, we're talking about maybe ten or fifteen percent of the population, we can look at voter turnout, and, uh, and that's one to, of the,
0: ten to fifteen percent who vote.
1: Who vote in the primaries? Oh, vote, who the vote primaries. in the primaries. OK. Uh, usually, it's it's kind of like a little bit more. There's more uh, active participation among Republicans and Democrats, uh, but. If you decide to vote in the Democratic primary, for example, you're basically telling the county, OK, I am going to participate with the Democrats during this electoral cycle. Mm-hmm. That means I can go to their precinct convention. I can go to their county convention. I can go to the state convention. Um, I can introduce resolutions, vote, and things like that if I choose to. I, and, and I can also vote in a runoff. Uh, for the Democrats. I can't do it in the Republican side. In other words, let's say that I vote in the Democratic primary, but there's a runoff in the Republican primary that I'm really interested in. I can't vote there mm-hmm. because I've already basically said uh, that I'm with the Democrats right now. Um, so that's when it kind of, like like I said, a modified open system. It's sort of like open, and then it becomes closed once you decide uh, to, be a, uh, be, to officially be the Democrat or the Republican for but that side. Do cycle. people
0: switch... Uh, Is there I don't know how they would collect this evidence, but in my mind, I wonder, are there people who who actually switch which primary, you know, one year? go This way. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. You go back and forth. And by the way, and some people seem to have been surprised and they thought this was maybe a little bit too much information. You know, when you show up to vote. You know, I, things are different right now. You know, I'm hey, hey, back in the day. You know, <laughs> paper, you paper, know, uh, yeah, and you'd sign things. But the county takes; it's part of the county record. You know, there are places where you can go and you can say, OK, what is the voting history of this particular person? You can find out which primaries they voted. Which in. Which primaries. That's and this is a tool that, you know, if you are working with the Republican Party, or the Democratic Party, you want to try to figure out, OK, who is your base? Mm-hmm. Well, look at the people who've worked, who voted solidly with all of the Republican primaries. And that's the kind of person you might want to reach out to for funding, for volunteering, things like that. And and there are different scores that people will get. Same thing with Democrats as well, too. Now, sometimes you'll have people that will go back and forth. sometimes you might have situations where people uh, for one party might decide to strategically vote with the other party to try to make sure that a particular candidate, a weaker candidate. To get a weaker candidate. Exactly.
0: um, Is there evidence of that? I mean, I hear that being a concern. Uh, but is there evidence that that actually happens?
1: There's an argument that in 2008, there were a lot of Republicans who thought that Obama was the weaker candidate. Obviously, it didn't work out that way.
0: Well, I remember – wasn't somebody floated the idea that Trump was supposed to be the weaker
1: Republican? Um, that was the idea uh, until he picked up fire, you know. Yeah. And Yeah. Just his 2016 case. You're talking about social media. You know,
0: I, I, don't, I remember hearing a case where somebody floated to Clinton. Someone's a, a strategic advisor had uh-huh. said that, advised her that actually Trump was a weaker candidate. I think they were actually scared of Marco Rubio. So as a way, as a way she, that she would actually give attention to Trump to build him up, hoping that he would beat Rubio because he would presumably be the weaker candidate. Um, I don't know how much truth there was to it, but I, that was one hypothesis about why um, things played out the way they did. That's very
1: plausible. I, I I don't know that story specifically, but no, that could that 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 is that is quite plausible. Politics is a weird game, you know. Now again, um, it's election year. And so there'll be a lot more politics. I'm more comfortable talking about governing than politics. You mm-hmm. know, politics is the struggle by which individuals try to, uh, you know, hold on to the governing institutions, okay. control the county. Uh-huh. You know, and we can get into some of the, you know, I think it'd be really interesting. Um, so wait, politics is the act of trying to control,
0: get, get control of the government and then governance is what what's the well those you
1: have three institutions right that's the people who can pass laws the people who do implement laws which is by the way us Mm -hmm. that's what we do at alvin community college you know we're enforcing state law associated with education uh or adjudicate disputes about the law Mm -hmm. you know um you know in the courts you know so these are the people that have the authority to do certain things the the Parties, the interest groups, the media, I mean, they exist, well, you know, for all sorts of different reasons, but part of what they do, parties specifically, um, is to control those institutions. You know, I mean, Republicans statewide, for example, have been very good at controlling Uh, the the legislature being the majority party and so when we ask questions like well the legislation related to elections you know why did it happen the way they did well because election Republicans did well in the 2020 uh, Mm -hmm. election they were able to hold on to a majority you know why on the national level why are certain things happening Um, certain bills Pat well because Democrats nationally did better than Republicans there that's that's the job of the political party is to control those elected institutions and again if you're able to control, I'm sorry, control the governing institutions and if you control the governing institutions you can do what you want.
0: And then when you say you're more interested in governance, what do you mean by that? What, what sort of things that would fall under the, the heading of what governance is versus what is politics?
1: What, I'll give you an example which you just mentioned a little while ago. People strategizing and trying to figure out okay if you're Hillary Clinton in 2016, who do you want to run against? Who, who might you have a better job? Uh, you know, uh, that's a political decision. Political is, decision. Is, Trump, is it easier for Trump or for Rubio or even Cruz or some of the other guys? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a political thing. I guess I I'm increasingly more comfortable with with government because it's a little bit more certain. Like I said, I can look at a little while ago, looking at the. Um, you can
0: look at what they're actually doing. Yes. As opposed to, okay, strategies which we never really know what's going on behind closed doors. It's like doors. a football game. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I mean, what's going to work, what's not going to work. You don't really know. Okay. Um, I, I think it's because I'm not smart enough, really. You know, I was looking a second ago at the, uh, the, the minutes of the Iowa Colony City Council. They're talking about annexation, which makes sense considering, you know, that's, that's a governing issue. You know now, um, and they're what
0: are they annexing? Are they just annexing uh, unincorporated areas in yes county? Okay. Well, by
1: definition, yeah. Okay, yeah, it would be unincorporated areas, and why are they doing that? Well, generally, cities do that to increase their tax base.
0: How do they annex? Do they have to pay money, or are, are they buying from the county?
1: We can well let's let's look through this a little bit more because rules have been changed uh, due to Houston. You know, and there's a great website. Uh, well, I'm sorry a YouTube video that the, uh, I think, Planning Commission or whatever or whatever they call it in the city of Houston, I apologize for not being able to remember that, that shows how Houston grew from this little speck, this small little thing downtown, in fact, it's smaller than the current downtown, to close to 700 square miles, you know, and it was aggressive annexation. And again, there there's certain uh, extraterritorial rights jurisdiction that cities have, and again, The reason a place like Houston would do this is to, you know, expand its tax base so that it could also expand its economic opportunities. One of the things that you see on this particular map is, you know, when Houston all of a sudden decided around 1900 uh, to go from just this square to uh, annexing both sides of Buffalo Bayou going into Galveston Bay, which becomes the ship channel and the port of Houston, you know. And again, that means that's part of your tax base as well, too. Now, the aggressiveness of Houston has led to some pushback. And again, the Texas legislature, just like with the elections, you know, the legislature are going to decide how elections are going to be conducted, and that puts limitations on counties. The legislature can put limitations on the nature of, of, of expansion, annexation. And it did that in the case of Houston, and I'm pretty sure it applies to everybody. You know, in other words, you can't, you know, annex like big plots of land, You know, like annexing Clear Lake City or annexing Kingwood, Mm -hmm. smaller little areas. And that might be what's happening right here. I don't know. You know, I mean, that's by the way, you know, the way I kind of approach the class, too, is sometimes I'll see some things I'm not completely, you know, comfortable with. And I'm like, well, let's let's look up a little bit more annexation. We were talking about tax incremental reinvestment zones a little while ago. Perlin wants to establish one, but apparently, and I'm not aware of this, you know, you should get get, lawyers are necessary in order to get into the details associated with this. But uh, apparently the county has to sign off on that. You know, so when I was looking at the agenda of the, you know, Brazoria County Commissioner's Office, that's part of what's on their agenda recently. uh, And that was discussing Perlin's request to establish a second tax incremental reinvestment zone. Well, it's like the Galleria you know that all the improvements there I, and and that has to do with the you know, the area businesses willingly uh becoming part of this and the increment is like i guess above any kind of increase above what it already existed mm-hmm. i think in that situation does go into a general fund where they can decide what sorts of things to do you know the 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 chrome arches you know the recent uh you know they put the, they originally wanted to put a rail but instead they have like this kind of bus thing that's going down there um if you went up and down Post Oak during the holidays, you know, they had those trees and stuff. You know, I'm sure that, you know, to kind of make it a little bit more. It used to be back in the day. Back in the day. You know, Post Oak was, you know, just another street, you know. But they wanted to make it a little bit more snazzy. They were looking at, like, the, you know, the Magnificent Mile in Chicago. That was the example they were using. And, again, that, that was a, 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 a financial mechanism for making that happen. Pearland's a weird city. I mean, it used to be just the little tiny little thing, 518 and Broadway, or 518 and 35, you know, everything to the west, you know, a mile or two down, is brand new. Yeah, I tried to, when we
0: first moved here, we were looking to try to buy somewhere, some places in, in Pearland, yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, that was five years ago, but um, we got outbid constantly and that place was growing so
1: fast. I put together, because one of the things I love to do is to compare Pearland and Alvin, because oh. <laughs> if you look okay. at population... Let's do figures, the comparison. Uh... In 1960, Alvin had 5,000 people in it. Perlin had 1,400. Whoa, people.
0: that's a... 1970, uh
1: 1970, Alvin has 10,000. Perlin has 6,000. 1980, Alvin has 16,000. Uh, Perlin has 13. uh Then 1990... Let's see, 19,000 in Alvin, 18,000 in Pearland, 2,000. When did Pearland overtake Alvin? 2,000, 21,000 in Alvin, 37,000 in Pearland. Tw- in 2010, 24,000 in Alvin, 91,000 in Wow, okay, more than three in times. Pearland, in Pearland, and currently 26,000 in Alvin, 122,000. And that's the okay, 2019 about estimate.
0: Five times the population in Pearland. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine. I guess that's
1: the bedroom community of um, yeah. Houston. When I first got here, and I wish they would do these things again, there's this thing called leadership dynamics. And I was, I was, I was proposed to do this where, you know, different people from different, you know, organizations uh, were basically taken once a month to different, you know, things within the county, the district, whatever, New schools, criminal justice stuff, this, that, and whatever. You see some interesting things. And there was a business uh, that existed, um, uh, Input-Output. Are you familiar with them? Well, Input-Output built seismic trucks and seismic devices in general. What's a seismic truck? That is a truck that um, you use to send pulses and measure them to see whether or not you've got oil. A reservoir oh, okay. or something, and, and these, this was fascinating. I mean, across, they didn't make like the chassis or like the engine, but pretty much everything else. And it was quite it was a, it was an amazing operation. They would also make the uh, the the um, the cable, big, thick, you know, three inches across cable uh, that would be used um, offshore. And they, they demonstrated this one. I mean, there's this hydraulic lift. It's like a three ton machine. And there was this one area, and I wonder if this little small hill is probably still around there. It probably is. Um, you know, it got up on it, you know, and the hydraulic lift would lift the entire truck. And you would hear this. It would, it would send a pulse. And so you would feel it like a little earthquake, boom, you know. And, again, it's, it's, it's measuring what's coming back up. Now, they needed more infrastructure. They needed more water in order to stay there. So they requested that the city provide that. The city said no. They left.
0: That's a good example of the sort of interplay with a city and absolutely and business. Yeah. Uh, which city? Albany. Wow. Yeah. Could go either way. I mean, it's like on the one hand, people say, "Yeah, I want my city to grow. I want us to build, a but ton not of stuff, not
1: grow like that."
0: Or some people who say, "I know why I don't want us to grow. I got a nice house. I don't want more traffic coming through here."
1: Yeah, Manville went from um, five thousand one hundred seventy nine in two thousand ten to twelve thousand in two thousand nineteen estimate. You know, so yeah. I know, what, do you, what, what are your interests as an um, economist? Uh, I want to be cautious
0: about speaking as an economist because um, they are very thoughtful and prepared. But I will give you just my gut feeling as we were talking about this growth stuff. And I have to say, I think there's a bit of pride when it comes to, you know, you mentioned that, you know, these trucks that Alvin you know could have been a base for. Uh, and I hear in the news about all these big companies moving to Texas. Tesla, things like that. And that's, that's hugely impressive. And, you know, coming from California, there's these stories of, you know, many uh, companies leaving California, coming out um, to Texas. And when we talk about growth, I I honestly would think, wow, that would be so awesome if Tesla came out to Houston. You know, I kind of wait because so many of them are actually going to Austin and I don't they must be running out of space there because so many places are rushing out to Austin. But as a point of pride, I could imagine, you know, being proud of, you know, a major recognizable uh, company, you know, moving out to the Houston area. But of course, you know, that brings in all, all sorts of problems, mainly with rising, rising cost of living. And it's a tricky thing because, you know, if you own property well, you know your property will appreciate, but um, presumably your taxes would also go up, which is a which is a strange dynamic um, that I'm not used to. It's it's an interesting dynamic. because Doesn't that mean that people kind of don't want their property to appreciate unless maybe they're close to retirement or something?
1: Once you get to a particular age, you know, then your taxes are kind of are, there's a ceiling. But keep in mind that a lot of the taxes are based on will the property taxes on the appraised value. Yeah. So if the appraisal goes up, even if the tax rate stays the same, then your, uh, your taxes go up without, you know, anything else uh, uh, happening. And that, that would be really an interesting thing to kind of get into because it's something that's very – people around here are very attuned to. Since when we're talking about local governments, the primary source of revenue for local governments is the property tax. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something we collect. You know, Alvin Community College, Alvin Independent School District, you know, the city, city of Alvin does, does it? Yeah. And uh, Brazoria County as well. You know, uh, people who own property, for example, you know, you'll get your tax bill and it'll say, okay, this is where it's going to. Uh, up in Houston, for example, you know, some of it goes to the Port of Houston. You know, that's the, that is a governing entity. That's one of the things governments can do. And, of course, it'd be fascinating to kind of get into the different types of uh, taxes. Now, I have a question for you given your background in California, where in California,
0: uh, Southern California. I spent a lot of time in a city called Riverside, California. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is uh, about, uh, without traffic, maybe an hour or so drive from Los Angeles. It's so it's in traffic. It's three hours. <laughs> three
1: hours. <laughs> Depends
0: which time that. of day it is. It is, uh, horrific. All, all I know is that, um, so if I had to make an analogy, Riverside to Los Angeles, Ooh, that, That might be, is that Alvin to Houston or something? I I don't know. We were. uh,
1: Culturally or distance? Yeah, that's tricky. Uh, Haiti.
0: Distance. It's it's a long drive. Culturally and geographically, it's definitely different. The one thing that I thought was kind of weird is that Riverside, California is known to be, I believe, the most uh, um, polluted in terms of air pollution Hmm. uh, in the country. And I believe at least the list I looked on uh, Houston was the number two. So I'm moving from number one to number two. I remember being kind of bummed out about that. Um,
1: Don't worry, we're very competitive about that. we we'll, I, we'll, 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 we'll
0: I do take see over. I do see a lot of haziness, and I kind of wonder how is that possible? We were so close to the water, and I would think that breezes would come in and clear that stuff out. But it
1: does, but we produce more, so you know, yeah. we're good at that. But no, the reason I was asking if you, um, um, you're talking about Tesla moving to um, Texas, the Austin area. And this is, this is one of my kind of, out of concerns with a place like Texas. I mean, we seem to be a good place for technologies, businesses, industries that develop elsewhere to move to, to migrate to so it's cheaper you know, to run. We're not really necessarily developing them ourselves. Like you go to Silicon Valley, for example. Are we adopting? First of all, they, they can't be coming just for the cost. Because
0: otherwise, why even go to Austin? Because Austin, I hear, is super expensive. Um, We've got
1: the university. You know, you've got
0: yeah. a, a poll. There was, there was what was it? Oh, my God. I, re- I just recently visited Austin uh, on this last break and stopping through there. And I was close to campus um, there. The main campus um, ut austin mm-hmm. right there i i didn't know i don't know much about college football and stuff like that but i did not even know i was in a major college town but when i showed up i was i was actually reminded of uc berkeley hmm. uh in terms of just the college atmosphere the to be honest the the racial diversity and just of course all the restaurants downtown and stuff um
1: yeah incredibly incredibly exciting yeah Funny thing with Austin, too, is everyone, every 10 years, it's one of their jokes, I guess, you know, and I'm I'm kind of familiar with this, too. It says, oh, yeah, it's okay right now, but you should have been here in 2010, or you should have been here in 2000, 1990, 1980, 1970, Uh 1960, whatever. Uh, Now, now, again, when we kind of get into, you know, local stuff, I mean, mentioning Houston, I mean, one of the things that's interesting with Austin, too, is... Oh, the ability of local government, let's say, to put some restrictions on, say, like transportation projects, you know. Mm. I mean, um, I'm, I was born in Houston. I've lived here for a while. I, we, I didn't move back until I was like 25, 26 or something like that. We moved around an awful lot, and I was primarily raised primarily in Galveston and then lived on my own in different places. Um, but, uh, man, Houston's highways rock. You know, I oh, mean, are they con- good? Concentric circles. I mean, the way they have them laid out on the map,
0: it's very beautiful. It looks like an eyeball or it's something like that. It's concentric
1: circles with, you know, these, you know, you know, mm. so certainly traffic can be bad, but you know, um, not as bad, yeah. And I, I think it's the same sort of thing with Los Angeles because, you know, you got I 10, and what's the other? Um, the 60, the oh, gosh, go back there. But that's why it can be so bad to get to Riverside. You, know, yeah. you don't have too many choices. Yeah. You know. Um, no, the reason I'm mentioning that is that um, yeah, I mean, this interesting interplay of of influences. You know, you've got the state wanting to bring Tesla in. You know, and if Tesla comes in, then the city's got to deal with the new people. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with it, right? Yeah. You know, uh, I'll get, give you another example of how that applies around here. When Dawson was built, and that's the Perlin Independent School District, and that's something I, I think also. You know, we're talking about all these independent school districts, independent governing institutions, each making their own decisions. And when they decided to build Dawson twenty-five years ago, twenty twenty-five years ago, it was still a very like a little two-lane country road in front of it. Across the street, you know, there's a cemetery. You know, and I remember first going out there. Um, there was a there was a funeral, you know, so, OK, you know, I was already kind of starting to be late and all of a sudden I'm behind this, you know.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: I mean, it was like the city had to catch up with the uh, the dynamics, the traffic dynamics created by the decision of the independent school district. Yeah. You know, and um, I don't know, like I, like I said, the sorts of things that kind of fascinate me in terms of local decision making involve that sort of thing, you yeah. know, how they all kind of like work together. Oh, and, and, and you know, something too, a flooding you know the decisions that one place makes oh, absolutely. you know how that impacts uh flooding and whatnot and so, uh, all sorts of areas we can kind of get into um in this uh in this podcast
0: hopefully so some of the things you mentioned i'll put a link out on our uh, twitter 635 tx uh, so we're looking at twitter what else where else can
1: people find uh, you could also
0: find us 635 uh, tx also on facebook you'll just have to search for us Um, I will build more content. I've been um, just letting it lay dormant, but we have decided uh, to kick it up a notch. Um, And so
1: we will also hopefully be um, doing more podcasts where we can follow up on some of these issues. Is there a way that people are going to be able to give us feedback for not just what we say, but what sorts of topics they think we should get into? Oh,
0: that's a great one. So anyone, uh, if you have any ideas for topics, I guess you could DM us at 635TX on Twitter you can find us on Facebook also, message me, post, post on board. Of course, you could also find us since uh, we are instructors here at Alvin Community College. Um, well, you can have a problem spelling my name, but it should be in the, in the notes. A-P-A-S-A-O-A at alvincollege.edu.
1: And I'm K-J-E-F-F-E-R-I-E-S at alvincollege.edu. All right. Thanks a lot for joining us.
0: And we are out. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.